Certainly the recruiting uh, has been uh, has been good. Uh, uh, that sounds really gay, really great. And- hey, it's the Undertaker. Oh yeah, I'm feeling you, Hollywood. <laughs> Put us on the lane train, Danny. Rocky Top, Rocky Top, Rocky Top. Woo! Hello, my fellow teenage boy. Sounds like someone breaking in. Just a storm, Dick. Sit down. God. Joe, that ain't good enough. Come on, Joe! It's not supposed to be like that, man. <laughs> it is a brand new week, and you know what that means. It's time for another episode of the Clutch It Up podcast, brought to you by Anchor.fm, starring Brody Cox, Tanner Kraft, Sam Lyman, and Alex Lawson. Join us as we discuss the most pressing issues of the week on the only podcast for the boys, by the boys. Welcome to the Clutching Up Podcast. I'm Brody. I'm Sam. I'm Tanner. And I'm Alex. Are we starting off with ASMR? Yeah, guys. How's your week been? I, I, it's the big slurp. I did a big slurp last weekend. I'm doing a big slurp today. I think that's going to be a new thing, maybe. A new intro. We have all that intro for the show, and then you just like, all right, they're finally to the talking bit, and then you hear like in your uh, in your ears, mm. yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, gets you going. Yeah. So, like, have you guys seen any good TV shows recently? Any good TV shows? Yeah, scrubs. Oh, nice. I'm. Uh, um, I'm watching a show. Wouldn't call it good. Okay. And I will, not, I will refrain from talking about it on the podcast. You don't want to talk about it. It's that bad. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Well, I apologize. <laughs> that puts a damper on things. No, no, no. Do you have one that's better than what I have? Do I have a good one? Well, I've been watching a lot of King of the Hill recently. I think that's my favorite anime right now. Oh. Yeah. It's, I mean, when they say Texas anime, like, as a joke, it's literally Texas anime. Like, I I have a buddy from work who's from Texas, and so I ask them, like, King of the Hill cliches all the time. And they're like, yep, that's that's about it. That's right. (laughs) Like, the propane versus charcoal thing, you think that's just a joke? Apparently it's real. Like, there are people that are as diehard for propane as Hank Hill in the great state of Texas. But how does it make it anime? It's a cartoon. I mean, I know that anime isn't cartoon, but if you think about it, do you really think there could be a Texas anime that is not no. just a cartoon? <laughs> no, Why not? I don't. Um, have When have they ever done an anime that's set in the Western world? I don't know, but I feel like we're on to something here. <laughs> hey, there's, there's, there's a time for everything. What if one came out? I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I'm just saying it's it's not been done. I think that would be really cool, actually. Why don't we go ahead and like state some things? We we'll come up with the we'll come up with a Texas anime right now, and then what? when something of the same general like idea gets made, we can sue them for IP defamation or whatever, and get a lot of money. Are we gonna pitch this idea to somebody? 
Yeah, we're gonna pitch it to Crunchyroll tomorrow. Literally tomorrow, we're gonna be like, "All right, Crunchyroll, we're not artists. We're all white men from the South, but here's an idea for anime. Right? We're gonna we're knock it out of the park. Uh, it's gonna have a dude, right? It's a dude. He's a bit of a drifter. I'm just coming up with this off the dome. He's a drifter, right? And he has a trusty sidekick, but we don't want to make it something. It's like an animal, not like a person, but we don't want to make it something traditional. How about we make his sidekick like a. Uh, on a very fast cow, not one that's like a, <laughs> like horse fast, but still like sort of as fast. And the cow has personality. Fast enough to be concerning. Yeah, and the cow has personality. Like it really likes grass, but they're in the desert. So whenever it finds grass, grass is hard to come by in this universe. And so whenever they find like grass or whatever, uh, the cow like, you know, I don't know. It, it does the happy anime face, like the ooh, and then, you know, the screen, like, does the thing. All right, Tanner, go. What else is in our yeah, anime? We ad-libbing? Yes. When, when it's, like, it's like this universe, right? You mean, like, Texas, right? Yeah, it's Texas, but, like, everything is Texas. The whole world is just uh, Texas. It's like okay. that meme where it's all Ohio. Yeah, everything is Texas. So our main our main drifter protagonist comes into a town where it's just cowboys, because you know that's all Texas is. Mm-hmm. It's just cowboys. Yeah. And he goes to the bar and he's like, "Bartender, give me two glasses of milk," because you know he's not old enough to drink because he's a child. How old's the child? Thirteen. Okay. But he looks like an adult. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And the bartender's like, where'd you come from, boy? He's like, I just drift. <laughs> Does he say it in that same way? He's like, oh, I'm just a drifter. I just, I just drift. Hear me out. The antagonist comes in. It's a normal other person. Like, just another normal human person. Except they come in <laughs> and average looking character in Texas. It's a Texas vegan. Okay. It's a Texas vegan. That's yeah. the antagonist. Yeah. And so the entire plot of the episode is trying to get the vegan to eat meat because they haven't had Texas brisket. So how does that make sense in the context that we're talking about desert? Grass is hard to come by. He has a cow that he is like his best friend. And then we're like, we're going to try to get him to eat meat. <laughs> I mean, I like what you're going, but I feel like that's subplot at best. Like, we need a bigger, big bag. I, I think I think the antagonist should it's have been somebody beer. who wants meat and wants to get the cow. Yeah, or just the oil companies, We, whichever one works. Maybe the oil companies want to eat meat. <laughs> I don't know, dude. The bad guys. I, honestly, uh... I like the idea. Wouldn't watch it myself, but I like the idea. Can we? And the name of it's the anime. Strong effort. Okay, and see. Oh, here's a cool thing. So the kid's name is Texas, and the title of the anime is "Don't Mess with Texas." <laughs> <laughs> so, so every everywhere is named Texas, and he is also named Texas. Yeah. Because his mama, who died during childbirth, and entrusted him to this talking cow. It was her, her name's Dallas, and his dad's name's Austin. Yes, and Austin is the deadbeat dad. He went out to get milk, but never came back. So he, it's ironic that he's left with the cow. And then and the kid's name and is his cow's t- name's El Paso. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Any okay? And what's his magic weapon? He has to have a magic weapon. 
It could do like a pea shooter, like a six shooter, but it actually shoots peas. But like, you know, peas are hard to come by, but they're like peas that can kill you. Like the, they have like angry faces on them when they get shot and like little arms. He shoots a guitar and when he strums it, it shoots bullets and he calls his guitar San Antonio. Okay. I like this. It's just, it's just pandering to Texas everywhere. It's just Texas pandering. <laughs> He's on a strict diet of brisket. <laughs> he has like a Lone Star flag cowboy hat too. His entire outfit is actually just the Lone Star flag. <laughs> yeah. All right, but on a the real stars on the hat. <laughs> it's just a star. It's not even a cowboy hat anymore. It's just like a <laughs> giant star. <laughs> so that's our pitch for anime. But on a real note. We've all been watching a real anime, and I think we should talk about that, too, because we just went on for seven minutes about this fake anime that may or may not exist one day. What's the anime, Brody? Uh, I've been, <laughs> me and Alex have been watching Demon Slayer. I know you guys have already watched it, but we're, we're on episode 10, and I'm not going to lie. I've not been a huge anime guy for my entire, like, you know, existence on Earth, but I'm starting to come around because this is pretty good. Like on the rating scale that we talked about last week, I would give it one and seven eighths thumbs up. So it's almost a two thumbs up, but I haven't seen more. Just these 10 episodes, <laughs> one and seven eighths thumbs up. Oh, I love the thumbs up rating system. And so it's like one thumb up and then one that's like mostly raised, but it's like you can tell that I stubbed it. So it's a little shaky. Mm. Yeah. But no, I like it. I like it. Alex, do you do you like it? Do you like Demon Slayer? Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, obviously, newer to the anime style myself. I'm not big on characters talking to themselves as a narration way of telling plot sometimes, and it does that. But besides that, it's good. I think that an ant. My personal opinion. I think that an anime trope that is odd that you guys, Tanner and Sam, you're way more versed on this than I am, can explain to me. I don't know if it's like a cultural thing or just a stylistic choice, but it seems like they do that a lot. Like Alex said, like not just a lot, yeah. but like they'll be talking and then they'll have like a two minute inner monologue. But like some of the inner monologues play off each other and they're not moving their mouths like they're having a conversation, but it's almost like they're having a telepathy conversation. And I don't fully understand that because my little sister watches Naruto and they do that in that anime as well. Which I'm like that with movies, too. Like if you start a movie with narration, I would like my immediately go to like, oh, wow, it's so original kind of thing. Like. I'm just not big on narration for plot. Like, find a better way to do exposition, in my opinion. But I like the story, and the art style is cool. The first time so I met Andy Duprane. Like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a trope you have to get used to, because it's in most anime. Especially in action anime, where there's fighting. I mean, yeah, no, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. I think it's all right. I'm just... Do you, like, know why they do it? Yeah, do you know, like, why they do it, or is it just, like, a thing that it's just sort of there? <laughs> no, it's just no a idea. trope just, that is in there. there. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. The only thing, like I said, that I don't get is that, like, I understand if they're like, oh, man, he's too strong, and you're just getting, like, insight into one character. But when they have, like, telepathic conversations, 
but they don't move their mouth. That sort of just makes you like, okay, you could just like taunt the other person. You don't have to internalize your taunting. Like, Do you have a specific example of this? Um, I think it was when uh, the spoilers for if you're going to watch Demon Slayer, it's when um, Tanjiro fights the Tamari girl. Is that is it's Tamari, right? The bouncy ball lady. Sure, whatever. He was like, so. he was like saying something about like, oh, her powers are too strong or whatever, you know. Like she's controlling the bouncy balls with her eyes, and then she's like, "That's right, I'm controlling them with my mind." You silly boy, I'll have fun killing you. And then they fought again, and I was like, "You could just say these things," but I mean, I, I, I no, mean, no hate. It's would fun. it make sense if they like talked about it out loud? I don't know. I just. I just thought that it was interesting. For it be out loud, I think it's a dub it? thing. It didn't. It didn't really sound like seem like that when I watched the sub, but I don't know. That's fine. I'm a big dub guy, just because I feel like if I'm reading subtitles, that I'm more focused on that than I am like what is actually going on. Like I used to, or I I watched The Office with someone, and that person like had to have the subtitles on for every show that they watched and like that's not a big deal whatever but i would even though i could understand everything fully because it was in english i would still find myself reading the subtitles and i missed out a lot of the visual gags when i watched it the first time so i just i if there's if there's a dub i try to watch it just so i can like actually pay attention to what's on the screen i get that i went to an opera one time that was it was a Italian opera that was translated into German, then translated into Latin, then sung, <laughs> which was weird. But I went anyways, and they had subtitles. But like the way they did subtitles is this is like they had a projector, and there was just like a half of a projector screen above the stage, and the words were on the projector screen translated into English, and. I felt like I just didn't watch the actual opera because I was too busy trying to read the thing, figuring out what was going on. And I do regret that a little bit because apparently it's good. I mean, I thought it was okay just from, like, reading. It was it was Turandot. Have you guys ever seen that or heard any of the music for it? It's one of Pavarotti's, like, most favorite famous things. Oh, I don't like opera music. <laughs> Oh, I don't go like crazy for it either, but it's just one of those things where like it's there. Like I'm not a I'm not an opera snob, but it was it was fun to go to once and then never again. That's the way I kind of see things like that. I know. What do you guys think? Did we like? Did is that the same thing for you guys as far as the subtitles debate? Like. Do you guys have that same problem, or is that just a me thing? Oh, I have that same problem. I yeah, usually like watching. I like to watch stuff in English where possible, just because, like, the whole focusing thing. Yeah, especially the ones where, like, I don't... Netflix subtitles are odd. They kind of blend in with the screen sometimes because they're just white letterings. But, like, subtitles, you know when you're at the gym or, like, at the... We're anywhere, really, or restaurants, and they have the closed captionings, not subtitles. 
like, just like black box. It's the it. black box and it's moving. And most yeah. of the time, if not all the time, it's out of sync with what's going on on the television. And it's always covering up what you're actually trying to look at. Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's obvious that, like, you just can't watch the show, so you just read the show. Like, I feel bad for deaf people, obviously. They're deaf. But, like... I was trying to watch Home Improvement at the gym the other day, and you just can't see anything because it's a screen full of black text, and it was just upsetting. I was like, man, imagine not being able to watch Home Improvement just because you're deaf. That must suck. You can watch it, though. I mean, yeah, but it's, like, hard. It's not conducive for watching. A lot of that closed captioning is just not good. Well, I mean, they could just turn it off. I mean, are you watching the, the home improvement for the, the the talking? I know. I mean, like, I feel like you wouldn't want to watch home improvement without sound because that would just be like watching a fever dream. You need to know what a little bit of the plot is. Or else it's just Tim Allen running around banging on things and, like, making odd faces because, you know, he goes like, whoa, but, like, if you're deaf, you can't hear his weird sounds, and there's no real way to, like, translate that into closed captioning. <laughs> so, like, yeah, you just... I love like, when the closed captioning is music. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's a bop right there. Yeah, you're just, like, you're just watching Tim Allen have faces, like, contort his face into stroke-like positions and then bang on things. That's all Home Improvement was. How, do, how different do you think the beginning, like, the... Th- uh, the opening credits to the George Lopez show is if you're deaf. I would imagine that you would, like, if you had been able to hear before, you'd probably picture, like, classical music or something. You would not, you would not imagine Lowrider. <laughs> that would be the last thing you'd think. But if not, then I don't know. Like, I know that this is an extremely privileged thing, and I'm thankful for my, you know, hearing. Obviously, we're doing an audio podcast, too. But, like, I don't know what it would be like to have never been able to hear at all. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's probably normal for you. (laughs) No, I mean, it would be. But it's, it's just I feel like that's for someone who's been able to hear their whole life. Just that, like, state of mind and that sensation, I feel like would be crazy. I don't know. I've seen things on both ends about that, like uh, where deaf people have been interviewed and they assumed that you could hear the sun. Really? Yeah. Like they just assumed the sun made noise and that was something you could hear, even though we don't, obviously. And then uh, the fact that uh, blind people, uh, I saw a post once, it was it was pretty viral, but it was about a professor who was blind. And a student came in to take a test after, uh, like, normal class time hours mm-hmm. and was sitting there taking the test nearby a window for 45 minutes. And then the professor goes, wait, you can see. And because the professor didn't have the light on in the room because the professor just sits in there with the lights off because obviously he doesn't need him because he's blind. Mm-hmm. But it's like I never thought about that on both ends. One, like, deaf people thinking we could hear things that we can't. And then the fact that blind people don't need lights. Yeah. That, like, I mean, it makes sense, but, like, I mean, that is, think about it. That is interesting because, like, you know, being someone who's obviously not blind, um, I couldn't picture just, like, fumbling around in the dark all the time, but that's kind of what being blind is. Yeah. This is weird. Now, I'm not saying that in, like, an offensive way. I know that sounds really bad, but, like, 
It's just it's well, just if weird you don't to know think where about. You're going, you gotta <sighs> you gotta figure it out. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't I don't think I know any. I definitely don't know anybody that's deaf, and I don't think I know anybody that's totally blind. But that's just interesting to. I mean, not interesting. Like, I don't know. It's interesting for that perspective on how like their life works and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know Deadpool. That guy's blind. Deadpool's blind? Sorry. Daredevil. Yeah, Daredevil. I, got, I got my Marvel characters mixed up. You know the Matt Murdock? Yeah, dude. I watched him get the radioactive shit spilled on his face that blinded him. Oh, yeah. I, I kind of forgot Daredevil's origin story for a second. That's one of He's those. Uh, just a child that uh, got radioactive goo dumped on his face. <laughs> that sounds really bad. Is it like I, I took? Like, a, I think it's like uh, where they were doing construction on a road. It's like the chemicals used on a road gets in his eye or something like that. I, as you all know, yeah, I think that's probably. Uh, I think I mentioned this before on the show, but I took a class freshman year. It's literally like the history of comic books. In, like, the second class, after we had gotten, like, introduced to each other, the the professor, uh, Sturge, she comes up and he goes, now, this is the fun thing. We're going to cover the whole, like, early superhero in this, like, the concept of it. And he pulls up a PowerPoint slide, and, it, and the first thing was, like, literally, like, it was a statistic. I think it was, like, 98% of all of, like, the original superheroes just happened to come in contact with radioactive goo. And it just, he was, like... I don't know who thought of this or why there's just radioactive goo laying around everywhere, but apparently that's just like what that was like the hot button for people. And so one of them, it was just like there was it was a lesser known superhero. It was like a baby that got strength or whatever, and it was just like <laughs> the mother was taking their baby, and all of the sudden, like the baby fell out of the cradle, and there was just like radioactive goop just on the sidewalk, and it fell in the radioactive goop, and I was like. First off, why is there just radioactive goop on the sidewalk of just a normal city on a walking trail? Second off, if your baby falls in it, you just like put it back in the crib and keep walking. Like, <laughs> hey, to be fair, I thought quicksand was going to be a much bigger problem than it was. No, so no, see, radioactive goop could be their quicksand. I agree. I think you're right because like, never once have I thought, man, I'm going out today to the park. I better watch out for radioactive goop. <laughs> How often did it, as a kid, did you think you were going to, at some point, fall in quicksand? I don't know. I thought about it a lot. That's why I was scared of the desert as a kid. Is I was like, man, if I go to the desert, I'm going to instantly get caught in quicksand. It's in quicksand of the jungle. I had a similar kind of thing with that, except it was with, like, volcanoes. I, like, watched stuff on TV. I was like, wow, that looks kind of bad. Hope that doesn't happen here. I, <laughs> but hope, I was I like, come in contact six or with a volcano. <laughs> I was... Yeah. I was scared of tornadoes as a kid, like terrified, and then I realized I live on a hill. So like, you should probably still be scared of tornadoes. Those are actually a pretty common problem around here. <laughs> yeah, but like, <laughs> I don't know. This is this is probably gonna make me look really stupid. What I'm about to say, but like, tornadoes can't go up hills, can they? <laughs> they can just they kind of walk can. around the hill. Yeah, no, but like, I get what you're saying because we live in the valley and yeah. so we don't get a lot of tornadoes. But that's because most tornadoes happen outside of the mountains and the plateau, and they don't really come into the valley. But the problem is, if it does come into the valley, it's stuck there. 
Yeah. So, like, to a sense, they don't really come up hills, but, like, it's got to be, like, a mountain kind of hill, not, like, a like a small hill. Well, when I was a kid, I thought that they just couldn't climb hills. Like, physically, it was impossible. So, I live on, like, a smaller hill. Like, I live on a big hill, but then there's, like, a smaller hilly bit that goes up to mine. Like, it levels off and it goes up. And so, I always thought... Like yeah. So, I was like, man, I really hope that if there's a tornado, it's just on this, like... 10 foot small incline and it's down there because it can't come to get me because it's incapable of climbing a hill like I thought it would just like dissipate immediately yeah but it's even worse if it's that close already it's already been a problem yeah yeah but I was like you know what it can't climb hills so I'm safe um I was I was afraid of that I was also afraid of hurricanes as a kid but like we're in a landlocked state so that's a thing. I was just afraid of the weather as a child, and nowadays I'm just like, eh, you know, whatever. I'll, if it kills me, it kills me. I mean, I was still terrified of tornadoes. Shit's scary. No, I'm terrified more so of the fact that, like, I care about my, like, family's home and everything, but if I'm just, like, caught in a tornado, I'll be like, well, here we are. That'd probably be a really painful way to die. I don't know. There was a King of the bringing back to King of the Hill. There was an episode of King of the Hill where like Hank Hill just like held onto a telephone pole. It took all of his clothes, but hey. it didn't take him. King of the Hill is very similar to real life. I, of all of those like cartoons, it probably is. If you really think about you it, you think you could hold onto a telephone pole in a tornado? If it's not a very strong tornado, yes. That's what they did in I'm Twister. Sure it was like the pipe. <laughs> yeah, that's how you like tear the muscles no, in your no, arm. I've been in the gym. And it's I've irre- irreparable. I've been doing weight training. I think me me versus the tornado one-on-one, I think I can take it. You're going to be like uh, Hercules and just pick up a tornado by the tail. Yeah. Except that was a titan. I was so. just saying, because I don't think tornadoes have tails. What do you, what do you call the... The smaller end. The bottom of a cone. And it's the tail. I, I see what you're saying, but at the same time, I really don't. I Well, yeah, that's illogical. You can't see what I'm saying, but also not at the same yeah, time. Like, I see that you could call the bottom of it like the small bit or whatever, or like the tail end. <laughs> but like, I wouldn't classify it as a tail, you know. What would you rather me call it? I don't know the bottom. I'm. I don't know. It's up to. I'm you. not a bottom, so I'm not gonna. Right, okay, that's fair. I'm not gonna call fair. it the bottom, dude. That's fair. Did you ever think, as a kid, as well? Like I know that we've delved a little bit into like things that, as children, we think differently. Did you ever think, as a kid, like, you know, if something or is I did this as an adult sometimes, like, you know, if this happened, do you think I you could like figure out a way to finesse survival? Because I think about that all the time. I'm like, you know. If what happened? <laughs> yeah, or just, just general things, like examples. Like, I, every time I go. There's across, a lot of buildup there. Every time I go across a bridge in my car, I'm like, all right, so if this car goes off the bridge, I'm surviving. Like, I, I know, like, I know, I have a plan. I know what I'm going to do. Or, like, all right, if someone pulls a gun on me, I know what I'm going to do. Like, I'm going to survive this finagle away. Like, I mentally prepare for these situations all the time. Like, See, I do the same thing in most instances, but mm-hmm. with the gun thing, it's normally I know what's going to happen. I'm going to die. 
I I think I really think out with that attitude that I could disarm someone. I think like I'm not I'm not knock on what Jesus don't let this happen to me. <laughs> but I disarm uh, someone, they have to not shoot you first. Yeah. Yeah. You go and grab the gun, they pull the trigger and you die anyway. It's like well, that means that, that means I they didn't want to shoot you. One of the things about <laughs> grabbing the gun is that I have watched some of those videos. They're obvious they're everywhere now. I see them on the internet all the time. But like if you move, if you do the method where you put your hand out and grab it and put it away and then try to snap the hand back, they all don't move their head because they're like, I'm just going to be quick. I know that that MF's going for the trigger, so I'm going to like move my head when I do it too. Hopefully, they'll like shoot over my shoulder. I disarm. Them Buddy, do you think you don't have to hit the head to mortally wound somebody? No, but I'm they so- can aim for the larger part of your body <laughs> no, and I- still incapacitate you almost no, I, instantly. I agree, but I'm saying if I'm trying to catch them off guard and it's at head level, I'm moving the head. Sure. To be fair, Tanner, to play devil's advocate a little bit, have y'all seen the video where the guy just, like, takes 12 shots to the chest and just keeps walking? Yeah, I know, but he was on uh, a lot of drugs. Yeah, I know. yeah <laughs> I'm not, not going like, to be on that. drugs. Man, I, like, somebody tries to shoot me. I'm like, wait, hold on. Before you shoot me, let me get huffed up on crocodile so I can fight you properly. Yeah, <laughs> crocodile's how you just look skin. Hold, hold on, Mr. Robber, before you mug me, let me huff these bath salts really quick. <laughs> <laughs> I, there is there is one of those things that I like. You got to make your chances of survival better, right? And so there's a Kevin Hart stand-up bit about like if someone breaks into your house, right? And he was like, "Someone breaks into my house, I sleep naked. I'm gonna come down there naked because if the robber sees me coming at him with a baseball bat, they're gonna think one thing. But if I'm naked and coming at them with a baseball bat, they're gonna think something totally different. They're gonna be like, "Oh my gosh, he's like naked. He's you know like they're gonna like he's like my my dick's gonna be like flying everywhere. I'm gonna be like bobbing and weaving. It's gonna be like slapping up against my thighs. Give him the element of surprise." <laughs> I was like, honestly, that's a that's kind of the strategy. Is that if I there's ever an intruder, the first thing I'm doing right is stripping naked. Then I'm getting my gun, (laughs) right? And then worst case scenario, if I die, the police have something interesting like, oh, this naked dude's been shot in his house. No, no, no. What you do, right, is that every window and every door you have a a guillotine loaded to a tripwire. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and when they come in, you have a dead robber. I'm not gonna lie. I see. I've seen that post multiple times where it's like Texas man uh, kills robber with a shower gun, and I always think about that, and I'm like, I need to get a shower gun because like robber <laughs> a shower in gun. It's a gun you keep in the shower. It's it's like a gun. Oh, okay. So it's like, like it's like if in you're your while you're showering, you have a weapon to protect yourself with. In your shower, there's I'll like I'll fucking throw the shampoo in his eyes, dude. He's he's out. There's like in case of robber break glass and there's like a twelve gauge just in your shower. <laughs> I'd rather have that than nothing. They make they make products they make every product for the shower nowadays. Like they have cup holders that you can put in your shower now just for like Drinks. That's have, the most American thing I've ever heard. Guns that you can put in the shower. Next thing you know, they're going to be like, oh, look, the George Foreman grill, but now it's waterproof and you can put it in the shower. To be fair, the shower gun is a normal gun. It's just enclosed in a case that can hold. It's like waterproof. Okay, so the George Foreman grill is a normal grill, but it's put in a waterproof casing. <laughs> 
You ever make steamed broccoli and you're the water? <laughs> I'm just I'm just trying to use a toaster to heat my bath water. I mean, is that too much to ask? I mean, not with a George Foreman shower grill. <laughs> Yo, I have a quick tangent because we we talked about like uh, in case of emergency, break this. Is that like something that happens in real life? I've never seen one where it's like a glass case and it's like, okay, break this for like a fire axe. That's not real. That's a movie myth. Really? I've not seen them. I've seen that all the time. I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. With like a fire axe? With for a, real? With a fire axe? I've seen it with fire axes and fire extinguishers and like fire I've hoses. never seen it. I've seen I've all seen three. I've seen fire extinguishers. I haven't seen fire axes. I've never seen like break the glass. It's always like it's got a handle that you can pull like a civilized human being. No, I've seen it. I've seen it for all three. But they're typically in, like, I don't know, older buildings. Like, I don't think you see those in newer buildings. Like, I know they had them in Morel before they tore it down. There was, like, a fire extinguisher behind some glass. And then out in West Tennessee, where my stepdad's parents live, they have that in a lot of the buildings where it's like, all right, the place is blowing up. Here's a fire hose. Break the glass. Granted, I don't know where you put the hose. You just, uh, like, the place is burning. <laughs> we don't have any Throw water. it at the fire, dude. We don't have any water, but we have a fire hose. <laughs> so, like, we're not going to be able to fix anything, but we have the tools necessary, just not the water. Yeah, like, what if you break the glass and you somehow cut an artery on the broken glass? Now you've caused two emergencies. You're losing a lot of blood, and there's a fire breaking out. You know? Well, the object is for you to, like, wrap your necktie or your, like, coat or shirt around your fist and then break it. You're not supposed to just go, like, balls to the wall. I'm going to punch this glass with my bare hands. Why would you use your hand in, in general? Just use your elbow, dude. That's like... Because you can't all, wrap your elbow. ones I've seen have, like, a metal bar with a chain attached to the case so you can hit it with that. Well, that's not as cool. This is why everyone should just carry a window punch around with them at all times. Right. It's called your fist, dude. No, I mean, window punch. Have you not seen a window punch? Carry a pocket knife on me, which honestly is that doesn't that doesn't count. It's not a window. It's not blunt enough to be a window. Yeah, punch. a window punch is just a metal spike with a blunt end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that exists on the knife. I have. It, and like, if you need it, cool. But other than that, it has to make your keychain morbidly inconvenient. Like it yeah, has to be absolute pain in the butt to just m- move. What if they have a Swiss Army knife, right? But part of the Swiss Army part is that there's a loaded gun in it. Okay, I'm listening. So you pull out one thing, and it's just a single fire, right? And it's a very small caliber round, but you get one shot to ward off anything that you want. And then you have a bunch of other things because it's a Swiss Army knife. Honestly, a Derringer Swiss Army knife doesn't sound like a bad idea. I would carry it. I think that's a great... And then, yeah. like, you could get the little knife bit, and it's like a bayonet for your one-shot gun. So, like, if the worst, worst <laughs> case scenario is a very small, ineffective bayonet for your one-shot Derringer. Yeah. That's a good idea. See, it's like can opener, scissors, knife, gun, uh, flashlight. That's all you need. Yeah. I watched a video of a guy uh, doing at a, a shooting range. Yeah. And he had obviously never shot a gun before, and he was uh, shooting a shotgun. And he didn't, like, brace for recoil or anything. He just kind of held it, kind of like how action heroes hold it. 
with like no like shouldering or anything. Oh, okay. and it, so an idiot. It, it launched behind him, like yeah. hit the wall behind him. <laughs> it was very funny. Yeah, we did a. Uh, when I was training for Lowe's, we had an active shooter video. And it's a guy who walks in with a, uh, a shotgun that doesn't have a stock on it. Mm-hmm. And he's holding it up to his face like he's looking at a scope. And I was just like, um, one shot, take one for the team, and that dude's concussed. I was going to say, that's the, that's the, that would be the shortest active shooter ever because he would shoot it. The, the recoil would cause the butt of the gun to go directly into his face, and he'd just be on the ground. <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, that's, I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. So speaking of recoil and guns, I have an interesting story I heard today from my uncle. So I went to the lake. You have an uncle? Yeah, I do. I have two of them, actually. It's wild. Holy shit. Yeah, one on my mom's side, one on my dad's side. Or two, actually, wait, I have two on my mom's side, one on my dad's side. Sorry about that, uncles. Um, wow. Which one? Did you what, kind of, what kind of? What you have to pay to get those? Uh, I just. Uh, well, anyways, we went to the lake and we're sitting around the campfire because it was very cold today. Too cold to be at the lake, but we were there and we we're sitting around the campfire. And there's a snapping turtle in the water, and he goes, "It's like, yeah, man. I remember this one time that a snapping turtle tried to get me, and you know, I really showed it who was boss. And I was like, oh, what did you do? Did you pick it up and like throw it in the water?' And he goes, "Oh no, I was just like, you know, taking a walk along the ridge, right? And the snapping turtle tried to snap at me, so I took my 357 out of my hip, shoved it in his mouth, and made the turtle just blow up. I was like, oh, that's a little extreme. <laughs> and he was like, yeah." It was, it, it was like, it was crazy. Like, I've never, I didn't know that, like, a turtle could explode, but it did. And I was like, hmm, that's, I mean, I played Mario Kart, if that counts. Like, that's pretty crazy. But, um, I don't know, like, that's, that's interesting. I, I, that, that sort of goes back into the thing that, like, I've also thought about, like, unconventional stuff like that, about defending yourself from wildlife. Like, I know that if I'm ever attacked by, like, a rabid dog or something, I'm going to pull the moose straight out of Call of Duty. I'm going to, like, get pounced on and then just, like, <clears throat> the neck. That's the goal. You get him, Tiger, because obviously you just know how to snap things and I snap re- necks very I, easily. I'm not trying to be confident, but I unironically think that I can survive most situations just out of mental preparedness. What if you're, like, in an active volcano? What's your what's your mental preparedness I'm dead. for that? I'm, my mental preparedness is to meet Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Come so, on, man! You said you could not survive any okay, situation. Okay. So, am I like in the pit of lava, like on Mustafar, or am I like on the edge of the volcano and you're, it's erupting? It's about to erupt. Yeah, you're on the edge. You're okay. on the edge, and you can visually see it coming. Okay. Oh, so I'm not like right on the mouth. I have a head start. Yeah. Okay. So. In that case, I'm going to run. Like, how steep's the volcano? It's pretty steep, I'd say. Okay. It's a mountain. <laughs> I'm not going to waste my time running. I'm going to get, like, a little bit of a start. I'm going to run and then just roll down the hill. Roll down the hill as fast as I can. Like, I may be a little motion sick. By the time I get to the bottom, right, there should be a vehicle. I'm going to get in my vehicle and floor it. And by that time, I think I'd be far away. Alex, thank you for the volcano sound effects. I thought he fell asleep. Not even gonna lie. <laughs> this is the volcano going off. Can't you tell? Did he fall asleep? Did he fall asleep? <laughs> I think he did. 
That'd be funny. Did he just? I don't think he did. I think this is. I think he's joking around, but I can never tell. I really can't. <laughs> I think he did actually. Did he just speak like a second ago? I thought so. I'm confused because this is an interesting snoring pattern. That 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 XL sounded like it. Sa- it has a little bit of like lip in it too. Right. Okay. I'm just gonna continue. <laughs> I'm gonna continue on like nothing <laughs> happened. You just keep going. And maybe he is not asleep, <laughs> and maybe he will continue. Um. So give me another survival situation, and I will I will try to tell you my plan. Way up in the sky, hot air balloon. You see a hole. What do you do? Uh, we are uh, putting this. How, how do you? How do you get out of a hot? I mean, like I, I know this sounds dumb, but like, how do you safely land a hot air balloon? <laughs> you, just, you go down very slowly, down. but you have a hole in it, so okay. <laughs> that's not an option. So I'm, I'm going to use the strategy of the same way that I'd get out of a fast car. It's going down decently quick. About 12, no, not 12 feet, about five feet. I'm going to time this perfectly, of course. About five feet before the ground, I'm going to jump out and just roll. So, like, it's really only the force of me falling five feet, and I'll be safe. Because I'm going to hit the ground rolling. Sort of like a tuck. Is that how that works? I think you still maintain the force of falling at the same he, he did fall asleep. asleep. Okay. Yeah, wow. He literally talked like five minutes ago. What do you mean? Ladies and gentlemen on the podcast, you've literally witnessed the quickest, just like, he literally made that one on snide. He made a sarcastic comment and then, bam, he was out. Like, <laughs> that's impressive. I'm just flabbergasted, to be honest. Yeah. But, uh, word of the day, flabbergasted. Yeah, so the word that is the word of the day. But yeah, I don't know. If... I do agree that my force would still be the same. So I guess my goal would then to be um, try to try if it's going down really quick and there's not much padding in the bag, I guess it would be to try to like make my fall as not impactful as possible. So maybe like try to swing from one of the ropes or something like maintain <laughs> being in the air for a little long I don't know if I get more hang time <laughs> yeah I would just like curl up in a ball and like try to make sure that the force doesn't try to like yeah you know. no I agree um or you could just, like, pencil dive off of it, you know? The one that I have really thought about, like, as far as what can I survive the most is if my car goes off a bridge, I know what I'm going to do. Or what like, would you do? So, if it's, especially if it's not a high bridge where, like, you know the car would protect you from, like, your impact, right? Mm-hmm. So, what you're supposed to do is you're not supposed to, like leave the windows up and let the car fill up with water once you're down there and like panic you're supposed to like if you can while you're falling roll down all the windows and and, like keep your seatbelt on for when you like fall but as soon as that happens you like undo your seatbelt or like cut it off or whatever and you just swim out the top like that's really not hard you're supposed to swim out of your driver's side window if at all possible because the water is going to be mostly like pressurized coming through your uh your front window your windshield. 
What if it's high enough to where it somehow damages and or hurts you severely? What are you doing? I'm still going to try this the first strat because if you wait until the pressure builds all that if you wait till your car sinks and the pressure caves in the glass right you're already too far down to even attempt to swim out you're going to drown because you're like 50 to 100 feet under the water um the goal is to get out of the car as quickly as possible (laughs) that's fair yeah yeah i honestly would just accept my fate but I mean that's understandable. But like I, I, as a kid, I watched a lot of A Thousand Ways to Die, and I feel like I can beat the stuff that I know about now. Like I routinely, th- I mean, like I, okay, I have, I have another one for you: shark attack. Shark attack. So fun fact: this actually almost happened to me. Um, I don't know. If, I think I've told the story on the podcast before, but like two years ago, when we were all at the beach. Um, we were swimming, me and Jaden and mom, and here comes a shark, like at us, like a, a honest to God, a shark. And my reaction was not my mental preparedness action. It was to go, ah, really loud and try to swim away. And then I tripped and fell face first into the water. And by the grace of God, I would have been shark bait. But my plan, if the shark were to have attacked me, because, you know, you go into fight or flight if they actually attack you, is it's in the shallows, so it's not going to, like, jump up and hit you in the jugular or anything. It's going to go for a leg. It's going to go whatever's the closest. So if it goes for the leg, when it bites me, I'm going to, like, stand to a position where I, I can, like, have height advantage from the side to where if it goes, say, for my right leg, I'll be standing over it. I'm going to grab the fin like the top fin, it's going to start thrashing around. My right hand's going into the eyeball or into the gills, whichever I can get first. And then I'm just going to jostle it around a bit and try to just like <laughs> grab whatever organs I can. I'm just going to start pulling, pulling organs out. I don't care if it's a brain, a lung, I'm just pulling. I'm going to fight the shark, like just with my hand elbow deep inside of it, like wherever. I'm just going to like rustle it around until it eventually, I hit a nerve or something and it dies. Like my goal is just fist the shark to death pretty much. <laughs> I don't think in a matter of like you versus the shark, you would win in an all out fight. You might be able to like fend it off. I don't think you'll kill it. Well, no, the shark that was coming for us was maybe like three or four feet long, but it wasn't really girthy. It was like a baby shark. But, like, I could kill a baby shark with my bare hands. I can tell you that confidently. Uh, sure, yeah, I would agree. Then, like, a teenage shark. Like, if it's girthy, that's the thing. If it's just long, no problem. We're, we're here for it. But if it's, like, a great white, then I could I could make it mad and maybe let it make it let go, but I'm not killing it. But, like... If it's a shark that is killable, when the lifeguards are tended to me because I have, like, a chunk out of my leg and I'm, like, woozy because of my blood loss, I'm going to carry that shark over my shoulder like a badass. I'm going to be like, hey. I don't think you will. I, I think I you'll would, be, you would pass out from the shock of being bit by a shark. Well, if you're with me, I want to keep the shark that I killed with my bare hands. I want it, like, stuffed <laughs> on my wall. I don't want that thing to go in, like, evidence. I want it on my wall. I don't think you'll get to keep it. Because it took part of my leg, and I took its life with my bare hands. I want to keep it. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they'll let you keep it, because I think they have to take it in. I think that they would if I, like, killed it with my bare hands. (laughs) (laughs) If 
I was like, if I was that cool, they would probably let me keep it. They'd be like, oh man, I don't, want, I don't want to mess with this guy. He just killed a shark with his bare hands. Did you hear? And I'd be like, yeah, I know, because I'm that guy. If you kill a shark with a bear with your bare hands, well, I am with you. I will make sure that we keep the body. Sam, same goes for you. Same goes for you. You better make them let me keep the shark. I won't kill the shark, Brody. I will accept my fate and be like, this is my time. Now, but see, the shark's going to be coming from Tanner, and I'm going to see it. And I'm going to be like, all right, now's my time. To I'm going to kill the shark for you. Brody's going to apply his harpoon that he keeps on him at all times. It was then when I sprang into action, I just, like, murdered the shark brutally. <laughs> and then you figure out it wasn't actually a shark. It was a guy playing a shark prank. <laughs> and you're like, ooh. <laughs> Or even Yikes. Worse. Even worse. It was like a friendly dolphin just coming to give you like, oh, <laughs> I just murdered the dolphin. I re- that's the one thing. Like, I think most marine life. Now, I hope to God I don't say this and then I go to the beach in a couple of weeks and like I actually get bit by a shark. That would be awful. So I hope this never happens. But like most marine life, if we're talking like not even not sharks like large fish that are harmless but would like you know mess with you like say a marlin or a swordfish i feel like i could kill them too i don't know if i could kill a swordfish dude i feel like i'm not i'm not good at fencing especially underwater just grab that nose and break it with your like just just snap you're underwater dog you don't have the same capabilities as if you're above ground no but like you think you could have the same force to smash a swordfish's nose I'm underwater? I'm in a shallow water situation. Why is there a swordfish in shallow water? Those are primarily deep fish, why do, deep water fish. Why do whales end up on the beach? They just happen. These things happen. And so, like, I, I'm telling, I'm just making the point. What if this scenario is, like, you're deep sea scuba diving? Okay. And there's there's a swordfish. Then I might not be able to kill the shark. All right, if we're in, this, this is on my turf, if we're in this five, is like a forty three meters down situation. No, I'm saying if we're in five feet of water or less, I'm killing whatever animal comes at me. However, <laughs> if we are in six feet of water or more, I'm totally dead. That like five to six foot area is the gray area. So, like, it's, <laughs> it's, fit, it's a coin toss. Depends on how I'm feeling that day. <laughs> But if we're in six feet or plus, it's like, all right, I'm dead. You know, just just bury me good, I guess. But if we're in like, I'm, I'm just saying four and a half feet of water, like up to my chest, I see like a giant fighting squid. I'm going to kill that thing with my bare hands. The giant fighting squid. Yeah. I've never heard of a giant fighting squid. Well, they're not giant fighting squid, but like a giant squid. If a giant squid comes up and tries to like tentacle. Have you seen how big a giant squid is? Yes. And I'm telling you, if it's in four and a half feet of water, I could kill it. <laughs> Dude, if it's like an actual giant squid, they're longer than whales, yeah, dog. And you know what? I'm going for the head and I'm going to fist that thing to death. <laughs> they don't got like, they're just soft. There's no force. Exactly. It'll be evenly distributed. I could probably. And like, a tour doesn't do anything. I could probably pull like an incredible Hulk and like just rip its head off if they're soft. Like, no. Okay, whatever. You know, I, I, I'm getting like a headache having these discussions with you. <laughs> this episode is just Brody talks about how he can fist fight all of the marine wildlife while Alex snores in the background. <laughs> and then Tanner just is like, you can't, you can't do that. No, actually, you can't. <laughs> the, 
blanket <laughs> statement that I'll issue, and then we just need to go ahead and wrap it up because Alex is obviously tanked anyways. <laughs> I will make... <laughs> <laughs> I kind of toned him out with all that, you know, conversation about you fist fighting... Uh, I, I will make the blanket. So I'll make the blanket statement. So all right, that I would say all sea animals and most. I don't say most. I would say all sea animals and then a fraction of land animals. I could probably kill one on one, like with my bare hands. Like I have that much faith in me that I think there there's still like few obviously. Like I'm not gonna fight a lion. I'm gonna lose. But like I might be able to take on an emu. I think I could kill one of those. <laughs> Aren't emus the one that can kick you in the chest and kill you in the spine? No, that's an ostrich. The emu is, no? the emu is less powerful. No, I think it's emus Brody's that like, can do I can, that. I can take on the nerfed version. Yeah. What if I think just, ostriches are the nerfed version of an emu. I, I think it's... Ostriches are bigger, though. That's why. Yeah, but, like, they might be smaller, but they got, like, strong legs. They're just, like, jacked. It's just, like, jacked yeah. legs. It's like I, fighting I a, don't know a kangaroo. Okay, so in that case, I can take on whichever one is not the one that can kill you instantly with a kick. You think you can fight a, a, a kangaroo? No. Kangaroos are kind of scary. Kang- have you seen the, like, jacked the kangaroos? Built yeah, yeah, the built one? Yeah, I couldn't kill that thing. But maybe... A, I thought they were, like, all built. Are they not all like that? No, like like a, a skinny kangaroo, like the runt of the pack, I could kill, not a jack. <laughs> I could kill the one that gets malnutrition. <laughs> <laughs> Easily, hands down. I would like the Australian hat with like all the shark teeth on it. There's like a malnourished, like poor, like sad kangaroo. I just come and punch it in the face. <laughs> I'd throw hands with like a really ripped uh, kangaroo just to see what would happen, you know. I think there's a video it's on the internet. One of those of, like, com- like comedic skits where you get kicked and you actually go flying backwards. There are videos <laughs> on the internet of people that are actually boxing kangaroos and some of them win. Like, I saw it in a movie, so it's probably not real. But in this movie... <laughs> <laughs> wow. In this movie, there was like, uh, you know how they have like cockfights, you know, and stuff. Yeah. This is just big jacked guys fighting a kangaroo, and people were betting on who would win. And I feel like that's a very Australian thing to do. I, I you know, like, all right, who's gonna win, old uh, Johnny over here or the kangaroo? My money's on the kangaroo. <laughs> yeah, I'm always betting on the kangaroo. <laughs> I don't know. I think I honestly think like monkeys, not not gorillas, not not gorillas, like big ones, but like maybe a chimp I could kill no. in a fight. I mean, maybe you could kill it, but you'd like lose something. Either your dignity My or like a part of a part of your like skull. All right. So for the for the next uh, f- I guess for the next fundraising goal for the podcast, I'm going to box a monkey. And the charities is going to go to like, I don't know the uh, the rainforest. Can we get you to fight a gorilla? Like I I would not win against a gorilla, and I will tell that right now. I Bullshit, would. dude! I want to see you fight a gorilla. <laughs> the one animal that I can't that I'm not like, all right, I could kill that. The one animal that I won't talk trash to. You're like, yeah, fi- fight this big jacked silverback gorilla. <laughs> like, okay, but I'm gonna die. <laughs> Nah, dude. Harambe didn't kill that child. Who do you think would he win? He just it? dragged it like, around. I get that I'm a small man, but like, who do you think would win, honestly, in a fight? Like, the big show or a gorilla? <laughs> honestly, I don't know. 
or like I don't know. You'd have to like get the girl to understand that it's about to fist fight somebody first off. Yeah, but like the Big Show, you know, he could, he's a big guy. He's probably as big as a gorilla. Do you think a gorilla would like understand if you punch it in the face? I don't think it would just get angry. It would go to this carnal instinct to kill. I don't think it'd be like, oh, nice one, buddy. Let's put up the gloves. It would just be like, oh, yeah, right, yeah. I'm not going to It's going to like go in for vital points. It's yeah. like, I just want to box. No, it wouldn't even be like, I want to box you. It would literally be like, all right, I'm going to take one hand on your head and just rip it off. Like, that's how gorillas work. They're just vicious animals. Yeah, they eat each other. Yeah, they're, they're crazy. But big brain king of the jungle Brody... Like, if weapons are involved, I could kill any animal, just saying. But, like, if it's just hand-to-hand, I feel like... <laughs> if I had a loaded handgun, I could win against most creatures, no, too. No, I'm, <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying, I think that weapons being involved, like a kitchen knife, I might have a chance with a gorilla. The big kitchen knife. Not just, like, a small case knife. I'm talking, like, butcher knife and me versus gorilla. Man's might... rolling up with a plastic knife. He's like, yeah, I got <laughs> Give me a fork and I can kill a gorilla with a fork. <laughs> sure. All right. I'm sure PETA's going to love this episode if they find it. But, yeah. Um, boys, I think it's time to wrap up. I think we've had a very good conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We might continue this on the next podcast when Alex is awake. I think that would be great because I, I would love to hear his input on the last 30 to 45 <laughs> minutes of the show. <laughs> Yeah. For our audio nice. listeners, I apologize for the uh the, the ASMR you're getting. But you we'll know. just have to like tone them down and post. Yeah. You yeah, know? yeah. We'll get, get Aaron to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh Or it just adds to the comedic bit, who knows? <laughs> but from all of us here at the podcast, thank you and good night. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Or good afternoon or good morning, whenever you listen to it. But you know who it is good night for? It's good night to Alex. Good night to Alex. Good night, Alex.